Turn with me to Mark chapter 4, verse 1. Mark chapter 4 and verse 1. We were talking this morning in Sunday school about uh, my calling to the ministry. And uh, what a change God wrought in, in just simply responding to that call. Uh, Twelve men were given a call by Jesus. Eleven of those twelve left all and genuinely in their heart decided to follow Jesus. And their lives were never the same. Uh, there is something about hearing the word of God and responding in faith. And obedience that is life changing. And uh, we need to listen to the word of God uh, in our quiet time with him and in church and uh, in the different ways that the word of God comes to us. Because truly what we have in the scripture are the words of God. Um, Paul told Timothy, all scripture is theonoustos, God breathes. So scripture is the very word of God. How we respond to it will have a great deal to do with how fruitful we are. Uh, whether that is fruit it's in the sense of the fruit of the spirit or whether that's fruit in terms of winning other people to Christ. Uh, fruitfulness comes through the Holy Spirit of God having his way in us and us being in cooperation with him. And so Jesus is giving this famous parable called the parable of the sower. And really, though, it is the parable of the soils because the emphasis is not on the sower. Uh, the seed, which is the word of God, is sown into different kinds of soil. And the intent of the parable is to get us to examine our hearts and see what kind of soil am I? Where, how is my heart responding to the word of God? And as we evaluate that, then we can make some decisions as far as what we need to do. Uh, do we need to confess to God where we are spiritually and say, Lord, my heart is not right with you? Or uh, do we need to say, Lord, sustain me uh, in receiving your word in the way that I need to and, and give me the grace to, to listen in the way that I should? But uh, that's the intent of this parable. And so we as God's people... Uh, need to examine our lives from time to time and then follow God's principles for spiritual fruitfulness. And that's the title of my message, The Path to Spiritual Fruitfulness. So look with me at Mark 4, verse 1. Again, he began to teach by the sea, and a very large crowd gathered around him. So he got into a boat on the sea and sat down while the whole crowd was by the sea on the shore. He taught them many things in parables, and in his teaching he said to them, Listen, consider the sower who went out to sow. As he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky soil, where it didn't have much soil. And it grew up quickly, since the soil wasn't deep. When the sun came up, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns came up and choked it. And it didn't produce fruit. Still other seed fell on good ground. And it grew up producing fruit that increased 30, 60, and 100 times. Then he said, let anyone who has ears to hear listen. 
When he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. He answered them, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to those outside everything comes in parables so that they may indeed look and yet not perceive and may indeed listen and yet not understand. Otherwise, they may turn, might turn back and be forgiven. In other words, they'd been rebelling against God and so part of his judgment was a spiritual blindness. So uh, verse 13, he says to them, don't, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand all of the parables? The sower sows the word. Some are like the word sown on the path. When they hear, immediately Satan comes and takes the word sown in them. Others are like the seed sown on rocky ground. When they hear the word, immediately they receive it with joy. But they have no root. They are short-lived. When distress or persecution comes because of the word, they immediately fall away. Others are like seed sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word, but the worries of this age, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. And those like seed sown on good ground hear the word, welcome it, and produce fruit 30, 60, and 100 times what was sown. The path to spiritual fruitfulness. What are we to do uh, to live a spiritually fruitful life? First of all, we need to obey immediately. We need to obey immediately. When you hear the Word of God, whether it's the preached Word of God, whether it's the Spirit of God uh, moving upon your heart, you need to listen to that immediately and obey it immediately. Uh, Here he says in verse 15, When they hear, immediately Satan comes and takes away the Word sown in them. Sometimes when I'm... uh, Preaching a confrontational message, people will come out and they'll say, you stepped on my toes today. Well, that's good. It's good that the Word of God points out something we need to change, but it's not just the point to hear it. The point is to obey it. And so when you hear the Word of God and He convicts you for sin, don't just let that lie there. Okay, Uh, Immediately obey it. I remember I was working on a construction site as a teenager one day, and uh, I had laid my coat. You know, I kind of got warm working. I'd laid my coat over this stack of bricks, and I had gotten busy, and I'd gone around to the other side of the uh, house that we were working on, and uh, I came back, and my coat was gone. And it was a nice, probably the favorite coat I have ever owned. I mean, it was nice. Uh, I had been given it by a friend and, and uh, was really sad to see it go. But I had just laid it there, and I'd left it there. And guess what? Somebody saw an opportunity, and they came, and they snatched that coat and took it. Did you know Satan can snatch what's on your heart if you're not careful? You listen to the Word of God, and you're, you just kind of let it lay there. And say, okay, well, that convicted me, or that spoke to me, but I'll deal with it tomorrow. I'll deal with it next month. I'll deal with it next year. And Satan comes and steals that seed. Um, Freddie Gage was a a Baptist evangelist who preached uh, years ago. And uh, I remember him coming to our church. And he preached a message called, All My Friends Are Dead. He had been saved out of the underworld. And uh, he would talk about how he'd be preaching. And his friends would be standing there. They'd be gripping the pews and they're 
knuckles would be turning wide under conviction and how they'd leave that sanctuary unchanged, unresponsive to the word of God and how they'd go out and be killed in some gang war. And he said, friend after friend after friend after friend, I saw that happen. They left the seed sitting there and Satan snatched it away. Don't take for granted the opportunity that you have to respond to God. As a lost person, it may be your last chance. We are not promised tomorrow. As a saved person, you may miss the opportunity for fruitfulness and joy in your walk with God. Don't miss the opportunity that God gives you through His Word. So obey immediately. Um, do that, by the way, in the power of the Spirit. You can't do that in your own strength. Say, Holy Spirit, live through me. Holy Spirit, empower me. Uh, perhaps you're afraid. Say, Holy Spirit, give me courage and boldness. That's what the early church prayed for. Give us boldness. Uh, maybe, maybe you feel like you're inadequate to do the task. Pray for the Holy Spirit to empower you with His strength. I love what God said to Paul. He said, I'm not taking this thorn in the flesh away from you because my grace is sufficient for you because my power is perfected in weakness. So weakness might just be your qualification. Did you know God called Moses, a man with a speech impediment, to be a spokesperson? God has a sense of humor like that, I think, sometimes. Uh, Jesse lined up all his sons, except for one. He thought it couldn't be David. And so he left David out in the field. <laughs> He's the youngest. Samuel said, no, it's not this one, it's not this one, it's not this one. It's not. Do you have any other sons? Well, yeah, but David, it could be David. David comes in and Samuel anoints him and says, he's the man. God does not look upon men in the same way that we look upon each other. He looks at the heart. And so... Uh, rely on the Holy Spirit, but obey immediately. Secondly, grow relationally. Grow relationally. Verse 16, it says, Others are like seeds sown on rocky ground. When they hear the word, immediately they receive it with joy. But they have no root. They're short-lived. When distress or persecution comes because of the word, they immediately fall away. Persecution can be difficult. Distress can be difficult in life. Problems can be difficult. You need to grow relationally in your walk with God because if you don't, you'll have no depth in your spiritual life. Jesus put it this way. He said, uh, he who hears these sayings of mine and does them is like a wise man who built his house on a rock. And when the rains descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house, it stood, for it was founded on a rock. But the one who does not listen to these sayings of mine is like a man who built his house upon the sand. And the rains descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. You see, how you respond to distress and difficulty in your life is directly connected to how closely you're walking with God. 
And when you're walking with God, Paul the Apostle, one of the most persecuted men in the Bible, said this in Ephesians. He said, let your life be rooted and grounded in Christ. Christ is our nourishment. He is our strength. So spend that regular daily time with God in his word and in prayer. You may have to do that by faith sometimes. Did you know sometimes I've had my quiet time and I just hadn't felt like it? Sometimes I've not sensed, you know, some people think, well, you're, you know, you're a pastor. You, there's always a, a halo over your head. And uh, when, you, when you spend time with God, the harps start playing, you know. And uh, No, I'm a human being just like anybody else. And some days I struggle. But what do you do? You do it by faith. You say, Lord, I'm coming to your word. I'm trusting. You said, Lord, that your word would accomplish the purpose for which it, it is intended, and I will be in your word. I'm doing it as an act of faith. But what I found is I did that. Most of my quiet times early on were struggles. But what I found is as I've grown in him, and as I come in faith and expectation of what he's going to do, uh, the sweetness has grown in my time with God. Uh, but do it by faith. Make a decision to grow relationally in your walk with God. You know what God has said? Draw near to me, and I will draw near to you. Is that not a great promise? Draw near to me, and I will draw near to you. So when you make a decision to come to the house of God, when you make a decision to come to Sunday school, we talked about that, doing Sunday school promotion, when you make a decision to spend that time in your quiet time daily with God, you're taking a step to draw near to God. And he promises he will draw near to you. And as you do that, you will grow relationally. You will. And so um, make that decision. Ask God to help you grow. Keep sin confessed in your life. You know what will kill your spiritual growth quicker than anything? Persistent rebellion against God. It'll kill your spiritual growth. It'll kill your joy. It'll kill uh, the peace that passes understanding. Uh, all of those things. But it will kill your spiritual growth. Why? Because you can't grow without God. <laughs> and when you quench the Spirit of God, in essence, you're robbing yourself of the very power that you need to grow. And sometimes people say, well, yes, uh, I know God wants me to do that, but I don't want to do that. And so they choose. Uh, we've been studying about Jonah in Sunday school, and there's been a lot of humorous things in that story. But there's also a, a very sobering truth in Jonah that if you're a child of God and you live in persistent rebellion, that God will discipline you. But it will also cut off your spiritual growth. Uh, I can think of some times in my life where I've gotten away from God and how my growth has just stopped and the joy in the Lord has stopped and all of these things. It is so consistent. Um, when you persist in rebellion against God, it will kill your growth every time. Some people say, well, yeah, God, I know you've told me to forgive so-and-so, but I refuse to do it. When you refuse to forgive someone, what you're doing is you're cutting off your spiritual growth. You're, you're cutting off your joy. You're cutting off your peace. Uh, unforgiveness doesn't hurt the person that you're angry at. It hurts you. And it robs you of God's spiritual purpose for your life. So 
Uh, ask God for the grace to forgive and say, Lord, I, I, I believe. Lord, help my unbelief. Lord, give me the grace that I need to make this decision to forgive this person. Uh, Lord, give me the grace to step out in faith and do what you're calling me to do. And as you do that, you'll help yourself grow relationally with the Lord. Um, Abraham in Scripture is called the friend of God. Wouldn't it be great to be, be called the friend of God? Uh, he just walked with God day in and day out and had a close friendship with the Lord. If you grow relationally, can I tell you something? God will walk with you through your trials. Uh, I remember uh, my parents hung a little picture on my wall when I was a kid. And uh, it, it shows uh, a man in this violent storm. And he's in the small boat. And Jesus is standing there with his hand on his shoulder pointing the way. Isn't that a great truth? How Christ will walk with us through the storm. And of course, if you've got Jesus in the boat, he can just speak and the waves die. So uh, what a great thing uh, to know that God will walk with you through those times. But you need to be rooted in him. Verse 17, they have no root. They have no source of nourishment. So when trouble comes, they wither spiritually. Make sure you grow relationally. So um, path to spiritual fruitfulness, obey immediately, grow relationally. Thirdly, watch carefully. Watch carefully. Verse 18, others are like seed sown among thorns. These are the ones who hear the word. But the worries of this age, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word. And it becomes unfruitful. Watch carefully. What are, what are we watching for? Watch for other things that would sneak into your life and become priorities that are more important to you than God. Watch for anything that would distract you from doing what God would have you to do. Uh, I, I remember a deacon in my, my church when I was growing up and his little girl had a gate fall on her and she died. And he became bitter at God and he left the church. I thought of that when I was studying the scripture this week. Um, the, the worries of this life, the, the difficulties of this life, the desires for other things and how easily we're drawn aside from what God has for us. Sometimes the devil will give us an excuse. Maybe, maybe there's, there's something that's happened that we say, well, well I don't like this. And, and so we, we, we move away from God. Be careful about that. Watch for that. If, if things, you can tell, somebody once said, you can tell what your priorities are by what you spend your time on and what you spend your money on. Uh, those two things often reveal our priorities. And so watch for your time. Are you spending that regular daily time with God or is your time with God shrinking while your time with other things is growing? You might have a priority issue. Um, watch for how you spend your money. Some people uh, spend all kinds of money on things but won't give a nickel to the things of God. Uh, now, I don't, I don't go and look and see what people give, so don't think I'm talking to somebody because I don't know what you give. But, um, but can I say something? God has, has asked us to test him and prove him in this. 
And if you will give as God has directed you to give, he'll bless the other areas of your life too. And he'll help you stay on track spiritually because the Bible says where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And so uh, beware of a thing when your priorities begin to shift. Sometimes your time and what you're spending time with will begin to shift. Uh, watch out for sin that draws you astray. Sometimes sin creeps in subtly. Um, the way that we treat someone. You ever had somebody that you couldn't stand? You know, uh, uh, somebody once told me, I, every time I see that person, I want to slap them silly. Uh, and, and so, uh, you know, th this thing wells up. I remember I had a, a boss one time that I thought was kind of taking advantage of me, and the resentment was just growing. And I, every time I'd see him, you know, this kind of feeling would come up in my heart. And God began to convict me about that. Roger, I've told you to love your enemies. I've told you to forgive your enemies. And, uh, and I wrestled with it. And for a while, I didn't do it. But ultimately, I said, okay, God, but you're going to have to help me with this because I'm struggling. And so whenever this individual would come in, I would, I would say, Lord, give me grace to love this man. And I'd be courteous to him. And uh, you know what? We ended up becoming buddies. <laughs> Who the fuck? God restored that relationship. But um, watch carefully because these things can creep in. And your priorities can get out of whack. And if you're not careful, you can be drawn away from what's most important in life. Uh, there are no hearse carrying U-Hauls, right? Uh, I remember we were studying the ancient Near Eastern history uh, when I was in school. And we were talking about the pharaohs and about how all these pharaohs' tombs, you know, because that's what they did. They tried to take it with them. They'd, they'd you know, all these, this amazing wealth and uh, these things would be packed away in these tombs. And, and, of course, some robber somewhere would figure out where it was and steal everything there was. And almost all of the pharaohs' tombs had been plundered. And King Tut was supposed to be one of the, the uh, poorer pharaohs where they finally found his treasure and uh, his managed to survive. But one of them actually had the thief steal everything that was in the tomb. And then they took his mummy and threw it in the river. How do you like that? You, I, I'm going to tell you something. You can't take it with you. Uh, listen, what should you spend your life on? Spend your life. It's not, there's nothing wrong with having money. Nothing wrong with uh, some of you. God has blessed and he's blessed you with that for a purpose. So that you can use it for his kingdom. But focus your life on doing the things you believe God has called you to do. And don't allow other things to, to shift your attention away from the main thing. So watch carefully. Then finally, receive attentively. This is All the other ones are, are bad examples, okay? Don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, and don't do this. Um, and uh, I've not phrased it that way. But, but this last one is the one we're supposed to really uh, try to follow. Look at verse 20. He says, those like seed sown on good ground hear the word, welcome it, and produce fruit 30, 60, and 100 times what was sown. Hear the word and welcome it or embrace it or take it in. Okay? Uh, I ca I'm calling this receive it attentively. 
you could say receive it eagerly. You could say receive it with a readiness to obey. All of these ideas are kind of present here. But that is the person who is listening to the word of God and saying, okay, uh, that's good information. I'll consider whether I want to follow it or not later. No, the attitude is you hear it, you receive it, and you do so eagerly with an intent to obey. And when you do that, God's word will bear fruit in your life. Uh, you receive it into your heart eagerly. Um, Moses said this to the Israelites. These words are not out of words for you. They're your life. David said this. Lord, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. He says, God, you show me the way to live life. You give me wisdom. You direct my steps. Um, Isaiah and 1 Peter both talk about the fact that the word of God, men are like grass. The wind blows upon them and they wither and they're gone. But Lord, your word lasts forever. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our God stands forever. These words have, have made it through generations and have come into different countries and different cultures. And wherever they come, they provide a way to life through a relationship with Jesus Christ, but also the wisdom to live life. David said this. He said, oh, how I love your words. It's my meditation all the day. He said, Lord, I keep finding new things. There are new treasures, new nuggets. Uh, I had a friend named uh, Kelly Carr in Texas, and uh, he would always talk about finding the nuggets. He said, I just love to study the Word of God. I love to find the nuggets. And uh, there's always new nuggets to find. And, uh, so value the Word of God. Take it into your heart. And what you find as you come with this attitude of welcoming, obedient uh, heart and, and readiness to obey, uh, what you'll find is God's Word begins to change who you are. God's Word begins to change the way you think. God's Word begins to change the way you speak. God's Word begins to change the way you react to other people. And what you find is God is doing a work in your life and the more you learn and the more you grow and the more you understand, the rich, richer and deeper it gets to where you're like David and you're saying, Lord, I can't get over your word. It's so wise. It's so relevant. It applies to all these different areas of life. Did you know the government can benefit from the scripture? I believe that with all my heart. I believe that's one of the reasons we have such a special place in America is because our country was founded upon the word of God, the principles of scripture. Go to the law of God and see how God has set up uh, the nation of Israel to run and, and uh, how just God is and how right he is, inappropriate he is in dealing with hard issues. Uh, there's so much wisdom there. Uh, you want some information on how to have a great family life. Come to the Word of God. There's all kinds of great counsel in Proverbs and Ephesians and Colossians and all these different places in Scripture. Uh, come to those who, who have, uh, have, have uh, built God's Word into the lives of, of their family. See what Deuteronomy says. He says, talk about God's Word when you sit 
and when you rise and when you're on the way. And uh, let it be a part of your family life. Let it change you as a family. Uh, every, your, your job. It, listen, God's word has great wisdom for the workplace. If every person who read the scriptures did what the scriptures say, you talk about a productive country, we would be killing it. I mean, we would have a more productive country uh, than, than in history because God's word has all kinds of great wisdom for the workplace. Uh, like, for example, the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. <laughs> That's an interesting verse, isn't it? In other words, if you're diligent... You'll have a sense of inner satisfaction at what you accomplish. Isn't that a great thing to teach your kids? Great, great attitude to have in the workplace. Listen, every facet of life is found in the Word of God. As you receive it and take it into your life, it'll produce fruit in your life. And you'll begin to shake your head at one point and say, God, I thought you were good, but I didn't realize how good you were. God, I see your hand in this, and I see your hand in this, and I see your hand in this. And oh God, how you have kept your promises to me. How faithful you've been. I love what that one verse says. Uh, I, I was young, and now I'm old. But I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their seed begging for bread. You receive that word attentively, and God will change your life. He'll change you. He'll change your family. Now, he gives us free will, so some of your family members may choose not to respond. But listen, even if they don't, God will choose the way your family operates. God can impact every facet of your life if you'll let him. How does it begin? Well, the path of spiritual fruitfulness comes in receiving that word of God, taking it in with an obedient heart, ready to do the will of God, and it will change you. And bring spiritual fruitfulness to your life. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the instruction that you've given to us, Lord. And help us to follow this instruction that you've given to us.